Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review. My name's Chris and joining me this week, it's Ali. Hi, it's been a while. It has, sir. How are you? Very well, thank you. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Good to have you back, sir. It's a pleasure as always. You and and Dave do a stellar job every week, so... uh, This is the only reason we have him on (laughs) the table. Big issues to fill in why why Dave's off gallivanting. Yeah, so yeah, no, no, Dave. This week, I think this is the, the first week in a while he's missed. So uh, I, I totally forgot he wasn't going to be around, and then, uh, <laughs> and then and then I thought, oh, I'm sure Ali said he was coming on this week. Well, although for, yeah. as a Newcastle fan, he picked a good week to miss. I suppose. Right onto the weekend's action. Then all 20 Premier League t- teams have played uh, across the weekend. No Monday night football this week. Uh, it all kicked off with a f- bit of Friday night football, though, uh, with a, a South Coast derby that, if you look at South Coast Twitter online, doesn't seem to matter according to Southampton fans. Uh, Bournemouth fans feel the other way, though. Uh, Southampton at home to Bo- Eddie Howe's Bournemouth, uh, and Bournemouth going away with a three-one win. Did you see any of this then, Ali? I, I didn't. Again, I, um, I said just off the, the off the board that I, I totally forgot the game was on. Yeah, um, me too. Until I saw people tweeting about it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I've seen a couple of the goals just with people talking about them. Now we talk about just purely because of fantasy football aspects, mm-hmm. um, and just that's just a nice, comfortable win for <laughs> um, for my friend, especially the way Southampton started the season. They've been quite. You know, they've been quite a surprise, not surprising really, because when their manager took over, was it last season, middle of last season? Yeah, middle of last season. Yeah, they, they, they kind of upped their game a bit and they've played some nice stuff. Um, but we, we know Bournemouth have got that in their locker to get results like that. It's consistency that seems to be their issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a few in- a few interesting tidbits from the game. Uh, Lewis Cook, who came back last uh, last weekend uh, and had a great game for Bournemouth, was uh, left out this week. Uh, Jefferson Lerma returning from. What I'm probably going to presume was a suspension because it's Jefferson Lerma. Um, uh, Harry Wilson, who's on loan from Liverpool, came back into the side. He, he he seems to come in and out, but every time he's in, he scores, and he he, he scored again on on Friday night. Yeah, I, he's one of these players that I have a really soft spot for because he played really well for our under twenty threes consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if he's a good footballer. Or a very good set piece taker. Okay. Set piece and he's, he's got a cracking long shot left foot type thing. But yeah. His, his general play, I'm not sure if he's actually quite cut for top level Premier League anyway. Okay. Um, but maybe a team like Burnmouth, you know, once he settles in, mm-hmm. uh, it would be a bit different. I mean, I've not seen his goal from this game, but it tends to be a 
he tends to be a set piece specialist. Yeah, no, this one, this one, was he actually scored from inside the box. It was a, it was a decent goal, but you know, it was a good finish from the lad. But yeah, when I when I first heard he'd scored, uh, I was expecting it to be. I always had a free kick from twenty five yards or, or something like that. But no, no, yeah, just a just a normal run of the mill. Well, you say run of the mill, but you know, just a yeah, normal a normal goal for him, I suppose. Um, VIR had its first day of the weekend uh, with Josh King having a goal disallowed for offside. Uh, and then King should, probably had a should have had a penalty later on in the game. Uh, I think me and Dave spoke last week about look, Josh King doesn't seem to get that as much credit as he probably deserves. Um, to be fair, um, but Southampton almost looked like they were going to get back into it from the highlights I saw. It was it was quite tense when uh, you know uh, Bournemouth were two one up. Uh, their first goal we haven't spoke about I suppose. Uh, Nathan Ake out jumped everybody, which I find really strange. Yeah. Uh... I, I really like Nathan Ake. I, I just I don't know. It's just is he one of I, these I, players that you're going to meet him one day and he's going to be a lot bigger than you think he is? He has to be, doesn't he? Because what is he like? Do we know? I no, I don't. What, but I always, I always presumed he was like five foot ten or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Five ten, five eleven type figure. But he's he's always got a big presence about him, and mm-hmm. I think I suppose even like Carragher was like five eleven, I believe. Maybe six foot bang on. He was quite small, you know. When you seen him next to like Hippia and that in the past. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just a, a stature that he presents himself. Yeah, but so um, he, he always seems to you know to win those headers and stuff like this. This one, like it was a, a ball came across and it, like it, it went past, it went over basically everybody else. And Aki's at the far post and he still out, he out jumped. I think it was two men to to nod it home. It was, it, it was a good goal. It's a goal you've seen Nathan Ake score before though. But I, I find it weird that he he, he looks so small. Yeah, he's uh, getting them. Yeah, get some. It's like um, Joe Hart. I always thought Joe Hart was quite small for a goalkeeper. When he when he this is when he was at Man City, uh, and then he he turned up somewhere where I was working uh, a few years ago and whatever, and he walked in and he was absolute. He was a giant. <laughs> fucking humongous he was. He came he came in with a few uh, England under twenty one lads at the time. It was it, it was actually it was the weekend that uh, Fabrice Mwamba had his heart attack on the pitch at Spurs. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would there was him, uh, uh, an, uh, another ex England international who was at Man City at the time, who I probably won't name for controversial reasons because he's <laughs> he's now in prison. Um, uh, and a couple of other lads who were driving down to to see uh, Fabrice in hospital, uh, but they stopped off in Birmingham on the way because it was like a, like two o'clock in the morning. And uh, but yeah, absolutely massive he was, an absolute giant. Yeah, I, always, I I never thought of him as small, so it's hard to get that one around. But yeah. I just thought of him as as, as cat. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's like WWE wrestlers as well. Yes. You see them on the telly and you think, oh, they're not that big, yeah. and then and then you see them in real life and they're like, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange. Um, but yeah, and then there was a late mix-up basically uh, for Callum Wilson to score. I think yeah. it was uh, oh, they, what's their captain? The guy with the long hair. I have no idea the name, but I've just literally just watched this. And Van, yeah, yeah, yeah. Angus Gunn comes out and uh, yeah, a bit of a dis- bit of a mix-up and uh, Callum Wilson taps home. Uh, he's having a decent scoring season. I think that's his fourth goal in five games. Yeah, uh, he seems to put the injury behind him and mm-hmm. trying to find that form and. Obviously, with the transfer stuff over the summer, um, maybe getting his head screwed back on and 
exactly what Bournemouth need this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on to Saturday's games then. Uh, the early game, I believe, was Leicester against Spurs at the King Power Stadium. Uh, England manager Gareth Southgate was in attendance to watch what could only be described as a James Madison masterclass. Uh, and I'm not talking about his tweets about the sun this evening. Um, absolutely fantastic game. Do you see any of this game? I've I seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I was kind of watching it on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um when I was out with my daughter, but I, um, I, I quite fancied Leicester from the beginning for this one. Yeah, there's a good season, um, to be fair. And I just, Spurs squad is just so thin that you're never sure. Um, obviously, the talking point will be the, the VAR, but I think Leicester were more than good enough for their win in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, Pochettino's 250th Premier League game, which made him the first non-EU manager to reach that figure, um, which I was, I was surprised at, because he had a few non-EU managers, but I suppose none have stuck around that long, uh, I suppose. Uh, Hugo Lloris was was um, out, out of the game. Uh, for ch- uh, His wife was having a baby, uh, so he was given the weekend off. Uh, and Christian Eriksen was dropped to the bench controversially. I, I saw a few Spurs fans who weren't happy about this. Yeah. You kind of, I kind of feel for the fans and Poch here with the, the Ericsson issue. Um, with with Poch, he, he's got to be questioning how how committed Ericsson is. Um, he's not exactly been the Christian Ericsson we come at expecting the Premier League mm-hmm. as of late. So, uh, do, does he command a starting place overall? I, I'm not sure, but I, t- I, I assume because Ali started in this game, didn't he? I take it that was the I believe so. Yeah, the, yeah. the change. So. I mean, trying to get Ali game time and back into play is just the game for it. But then I suppose when is. But I think the Carabao Cup's coming up, isn't it? So yeah, yeah this Carabao Cup week. You could have saved it for them, but ugh, just a gamble. That is the is the drop off of Ericsson Ali too different. Yeah, because they bought in, in, they bought in Dumbele, however you pronounce it. He, he was back yeah. in uh, as well. Um, so I can't remember. I don't remember if Ali did play or not. Um, but I say I know in Domblay came in and stuff. But I say I saw a few Spurs fans were frustrated that Ericsson had been dropped. He he has been their creative outlet, to be fair, and he's more creative than Ali. Um, but I don't think Spurs have been performing very well at all. Like Kane scored uh, in this game, uh, it was a pretty, pretty good, decent goal as well. He scored while falling up, like while falling over. Um, but I think he's been poor this season as well. Well, I mean, you know from last season my thoughts on Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I, this is this is to me this is Harry Kane as Harry Kane. He's he's a I, I can't even say he's a great finisher because I feel he's he's very lucky in a lot, including his goal on Saturday. <laughs> um, he's fallen over and just swings a leg and hopes for the best. But I suppose that's what he's there to do. But yeah. I still believe when Spurs are at their best, it's kind of without Kane because they're much more fluent. They're just yeah, I just feel they're a better team, but mm-hmm. I mean you're never going to drop Kane. Like that, you start speak for themselves. But um, yeah, the Spurs. I don't know. I don't know. If it's the lack of signings, the, the tiredness kicking in. Yeah, but I, said, I, I think it could be a long season for them. Yeah, I've just had a quick a, a quick look at the Tottenham lineup. Uh, uh, Ali wasn't even in the squad. Oh so. wow! Right. <laughs> so yeah, he he, he, I mean, he came back from injury because he came he came on against Arsenal. The other week, so I'm surprised he's disappeared unless he's injured he was, again. He played in the Europe, the Champions League, either sub or um, started. I, I'm not 100 sure, but he definitely played some part. Yeah, he wasn't even on. Wasn't, wasn't even on the bench for this game. So yeah, maybe they are not rushing him back, which they they've been uh, guilty of doing in the past. 
So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, VAR was the main talking point in this game. Uh, so Leicester had a goal disallowed. It was an absolute comical mix-up, to be fair. Indeed, he finally putting the ball in after G- Gazaniga, uh, who who is uh, Spurs' number two goalkeeper, uh, just made an absolute powder of it. But then it was ruled out for offside in the build-up. Uh, Serge Aurier then had a goal disallowed um, after uh, Min Son was judged to have been disallowed in the build-up. Uh, the talking point for this one, though, is that there was uh, a significant amount of play after the offside. Not that that should matter, but what's your take on it? <laughs> it's, it's offside. Yeah, um, that's it. it. No matter when he's offside. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen like the media and pundits say that the allowances should be given if it's such a short like narrative mm-hmm. like if it's if it's only millimetres in it it shouldn't be in well surely that was the reason VAR like there's a lot of you know there's a lot of grey areas and murky moments with VAR that we all complain about but this is the one that's actually getting correct yeah because this I yeah, say, with, it, still complaining. with this one it was millimetres wasn't it this one yeah uh, absolutely but yeah I know I know the complaint was because it, it it, the offside didn't lead so while I say it didn't lead directly to the goal but it was part of the build up because there was a few what, what do they call it a, a few um, ter- phases, of phases of play That's a, there were a few different phases of play before the ball was put in and stuff but he was still offside in the build up yeah, well that's it yeah like if he's not offside well not that direct as you say it's not that direct but it's still involved in the play so mm-hmm. what, what we're wanting what we would complain about if that had been stopped you know, see how a linesman had flagged for that. Yeah. You know, right away, and then it wasn't offside. Surely we we want VR to allow it and carry the game on, and then we can bring it back for it. Because then, if it's not offside, the goal can stand, and we're not having the debate. Because my, my biggest issue here is uh, we take VR away for these offsides, and uh, an assistant doesn't give that. The media and all these people who are now complaining about that will show countless replays mm-hmm. and line after line, and then slate the official anyway. Yeah, after the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was it, it was a really strange one. Uh, so James Madison, he said he had a great game and in front of Gareth Southgate. Although when he scored, he scored a late winner. Uh, chances are Gareth Southgate probably left by then because I think you know visiting managers usually bugger off before to full time anyway. But it's a good hit from outside the area. Yeah, he's a really tidy player, isn't he? He's yeah. just, you, you wonder how long before he gets that big move to, no disrespect to Leicester, but mm-hmm. the, the big club. Um, yeah. You just feel he's destined for that. Yeah, definitely. So just, just a matter of timing. Maybe just getting that um, consistency of games as well. Yeah. You I, know, I think what I saw f- funny on uh, after this, so... Uh, Obviously, Gazaniga played in goal because uh, Loris was at the birth of his child. Uh, I saw quite a few Spurs fans on Twitter saying that if Loris had played, he'd have saved that shot. He, no, he wouldn't. Yeah. No, 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 he wouldn't. Don't, don't fool he's, yourselves. He's easily the worst goalkeeper in the top six. Yeah. Like, all the top six goalkeepers, he's the worst comfortably. Yeah, I don't think there's too much a drop-off, to be fair, between... Spurs second choice in Loris. Yeah, so Gazaniga didn't have the greatest game. He did palm quite a few shots, though. But I think it looked from the highlights I saw, it looked like his defence knew that that was how what he was going to be like because there was always a defender there, ready to mop up, um, which was pretty good. Uh, right on to the three o'clock Saturday. There's only really one place we can start. Uh, the Etihad, uh, where the mighty Watford, uh, who you know made that staggering comeback against Arsenal last weekend. Um, you know, their new manager bounce was <laughs> quickly halted uh, by a rampant Manchester City side. Uh, Man City were five up after 18 minutes and uh, it looked like there was going to be a record on the cards, uh, but they got to eight and stopped, basically. 
Yeah, they kind of just gave up, didn't they? Um, it, 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 this looked like a training match. It was. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, results like that shouldn't happen in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Like, you can understand maybe like a a four-five full time if it had been. See, it'd been one or two 0 at half time, and they decided, you know what, bugger it, let's just go out and attack them. But it was five 0 at half time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I say it was five minutes after eighteen minutes. Then City basically slowed down. They missed a few chances. Ben Foster decided to put his gloves on and actually save a few shots. But yeah, but absolutely rampant. None of the goals were even, I would say, spectacular. You know, it was no, nope. like you no know, well worked goals. Or um, I think there was a couple. It was a good set piece goal. Yeah, De Bruyne. Um, De Bruyne's was all right. A lot of them were tappings, like the sort of goals you see on FIFA, where you just play it across the box, tap it in. Yeah, that's a, that's a Man City special. I mean, it's. It's, it's kind of hard to say but I mean Sterling used to get so many of them you know mm-hmm. just that cut across the back post so they work on it and train it I mean don't get me wrong Pep's got them well trained but um, it's just it's kind of pathetic for Premier League at that standard of football it has to be yeah what Watford did not look interested in this game whatsoever bear in mind as you say that's the team that arguably should have beat Arsenal last week yeah like you know, thirty-seven shots to to eight or something. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they they uh, they mauled us last week. Uh, yeah. What I found interesting is so last week I, I spoke about when when they played Arsenal. Uh, Watford had this very physical style of play. You know, their midfield with the um, uh, Decore and the like like that. They are a very physical team. They tried that against Man City. It just didn't work. Like I watched Decore going for a tackle against De Bruyne, and De Bruyne just went past him like he wasn't there. Like the. Decore couldn't even touch him. It, it it was like, what do you have to do to stop this Man City team? If a team like Watford, who aren't that sort of team normally, but they they seem to have developed that style at the moment, if they can't stop them with a, their physical play, what what hope does anybody else have? You're not going to outpass them. Although I suppose Norwich last weekend played an attacking game against them and, and pulled off a shock win. I suppose. Uh, I'm still adamant. That's how you, that's how you beat them. I mean, Man City. Are- to me, are still very poor defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Now, They've only got one defender. Your problem when you attack them and everything like Norwich has to go right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just do it willy nilly sort of thing. It needs to be a bit structured. But the best way to play them is attacking, not like a counter attacking play as such. Because if you invite them on, they're just too good. Mm-hmm. If you attack them, you need your chances to go in. They will have chances, and you need to just hope your defenders have got that that yeah. bit of luck, shall we say. Um, they're just like they are. They're incredible, aren't they? Like they've yeah, got a, the squad is just filthy. Depth is unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, we apart from cent- apart from centre backs, obviously. Yeah, which again, I mean, you and Dave touched on that last week, I believe, as well. Um, and it's just such a strange decision not to not to sign a centre back, um, mm-hmm. especially with releasing company. Um, it just seems very naive. Um, whether they planned on Fernandinho being the being a centre back for this season, um, I mean, I put it in the group chat during the week. I think they'll go to three at the back soon, um, give Cancelo minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we'll see going forward. But they they are devastating to watch when they're when they're on form. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, Aguero continued his run of scoring in every game. Uh, Benjamin Mende made his second Premier League start since last year. Uh, his last one was in November uh, last year. Um, 
but yeah, Watford had a couple of chances. Like, so obviously Man City scored after 53 seconds uh, to add to their collection of early goals this season. Uh, I think David Silva scored, but they, they scored a goal after like a minute earlier on in the season, didn't they? I think that was David Silva who scored that as well. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, but straight after Delafeo had a great chance to equalise. You know, he got he went he went round Ottomendi like he wasn't there. Edison pulled off a save, and then literally City just went up the other end, won a penalty, and and that was and Watford gave up. Yeah, I suppose it goes back to just what I said about attacking City. You know, when you attack them, you create the chances. You just need to. It's, it's obviously it's much harder than it sounds, but you've got to just take the chance. Yeah, definitely. Really, really strange. Uh, I don't think Mendy made the played the full game I'm sure he went off injured at half time sounds about right just something <laughs> something about him isn't it he's That's a social media social media guru but on the football pitch I'm not 100% convinced of his eliteness yeah definitely right so in, in all the other three o'clock it was a pale in comparison to that game I suppose uh, Everton hosted Sheffield United at Goodison Park um, Silver's Inconsistencies in picking his starting eleven is really strange. Uh, so Bernard came in after making a cameo appearance last weekend, and Kian came back in after uh, Calvert Lewin started ahead of him last week. And interesting, if Calvert Lewin scored last week, um, but still find himself dropped for Kian. Uh, Sheffield United with possibly the most against the run of play results in the league this season, uh, coming away two nil winners after having one shot on target. And even Chris Wilder turned around and said, this was our worst display of the season. Yeah, it was. I, I watched this this morning. Um, and it was a very... I don't want to slag off Everton too much, but it's a very Everton performance. They've been all right this like, season, though, to be fair. Yeah, all filler, no killer a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Everton, you know, they, they can play neat, tidy stuff. They keep a lot of the ball, but... Their goal scoring for the last few seasons has seems to have been their issue. Yeah, definitely. You know, not. not having a consistent goal scorer um, before bringing Keane in might have been the, another answer to it, but he doesn't seem to be getting the, the regular minutes. Um, I see earlier a minute ago. So I, I just don't know. It's Marco Silva's problem since, since he came into the Premier League, whatever team he's been at. It's just getting that consistency level. You know, when he's good, he's a very good manager, but. Uh-huh. He just he seems to let himself down, and then obviously his team and his fans down as well around it. Yeah, say it, it, it was it was really really strange. Like I say, Everton's home record's pretty good as well. You know, uh, Man City were the last team to win at Goodison Park, uh, and that was like back earlier on in the year. Um, but yeah, it, so they had one shot on target. Yerry Mina scored no goal after Jordan Pickford did the most Jordan Pickford thing uh, <laughs> by coming out and completely missing a clearance. Uh, he yep. just he just bounced off Mina. It's good because the man's massive. Um, but yeah, and then the rest. Of, so I didn't know the result going into watching the highlights of this, and then all I saw was like Sheffield United with their desperate defending and and you know bodies in front of the ball. And I thought oh, Everton are going to you know come back and nick this. And then next thing I know, Musa, who's like the most irregular goal scorer in the world, uh, put put you know runs onto a great ball and and puts a nice finish in to wrap it up. Yeah, it was. I mean, go just quickly kind of nip back to the first goal. Did you see the defending? For that, and I know it was a mean own goal, and Pickford missed the ball. But did you see the lineup? Like Ollie McBurney was standing in the middle of the box, nobody near him. Yeah, he's had the same you thing in that. a few games this season. People don't seem to want to mark him. He's not that bad. I know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's looked all right to be fair. But um, I, but I think there was a, one of the games earlier on this season. He had a goal disallowed. Um, but I remember. I remember he was just literally stood in stood in the eighteen yard box with nobody near him, and he's quite a tall lad as well. 
Yeah, he's, he's about 60, 64, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, even the second goal was a bit, as you said, Everton have been quite good defensively this season. Uh, Mina and, and Keane have got quite a good partnership and, mm-hmm. and Digna has been, you know, he's been fairly consistent all season. And then that, that goal for the for the second goal, just, you know, playing ball over the top through. Um, I mean, poor from Pickford, but I'm, I'm just not a Pickford fan. Um, don't rate him highly at all, but just very sloppy. It's completely, and as you say, it's just that inconsistency. Um, I mean, not Everton have got anything to worry about. I still think they'll finish in that 79 slot. Mm-hmm. But with the squad that they've assembled the last few years, they really should be pushing... Especially the way, like, no offence, Chris, but the way Arsenal and United and even Spurs are going this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee that those teams should be finishing in the top six. Yeah. Um, and if one of those teams could put a run of form together, there's no reason they couldn't be challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, I say Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, all top six teams traditionally haven't had great starts to the season. You'd think someone, yeah, like you know Everton, with the money they've spent, would be capitalising on that in a similar way that Leicester are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Everton, Leicester, and um, West Ham. Yeah, um, are the three teams that should really be looking at those teams and thinking, wait a minute, here we can get at them. You know, there's no point doing it in one-off games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we'll come on to the West Ham Man United game today. They need to be doing this against, you know, the smaller teams as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what lets them down. But the, the the, the five and six and even fourth really if you could put a really good run together yeah is, is open for for anybody to take advantage and once you get in if, you, if you're sensible and intelligent you could be in for a few years yeah I say well look at last season no one wanted to finish fourth last season no absolutely you know it, it, it was absolutely ridiculous you know at one, you know, six and seventh at one point Watford and Wolves were fighting out for six and seventh Watford finished 11th because of the run of forms that that the group of teams had that's where your Everton's and stuff should be, you know, taken advantage. But yeah, they're not. And I thought me, I think me and Dave sat here at the beginning of the season thinking that Keon was going to be like the biggest sign of the summer because he was the goal scorer that they that Everton were missing because that's all they looked to be missing. But well, yeah, yeah, is I, it in and out the team? A couple of years ago, remember it was the they signed about nineteen attacking midfielders, and even at the time we said we said that they need they need quicker players and they need a striker and. We're talking. I think that was five. When did they sign Rooney back? Maybe four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And it's still not been addressed since yeah. really since Lukaku left. Yeah, yeah, basically, it is. It's it's it, it's really really strange. So, but hopefully, Kian can stay in the in the side. And, you know, and, and get everyone. You know, the players around him. Bernard's a good. You know, he'll put a service in. Um, Richarlison. Okay, he can be a bit of a one-man show at times and stuff, but they've got like the likes of Silver and stuff like that. You know, who can play a ball in for for a decent striker? You know, and unfortunately, Donovan Calvert Lewin isn't that striker at the moment. Um, so hopefully, yeah. Well, I think once Kian gets his first goal, we might see a bit more from him. <laughs> right. So on to another Saturday's game then. Uh, Burnley continued their. I thought Burnley were in decent run of form. Turns out this was only their second win since the opening day of the season. Uh, but they have been consistent in one aspect. They've played the same back four and goalkeeper for every game so far this season, which is a dramatic improvement on last season when I think they used about ten goalkeepers in the first five games. Um, Chris would double. Uh, bringing Norwich back down to earth with a bump. Um, yeah, not much more to say about this, I suppose. No, 
I'd love to say it was like a hit and a smash and grab game, but it really wasn't. Burnley were really good for their money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what, uh, obviously it was me, you and Dave this time last season. And um, we said the same, you know, all that chopping and changing mm-hmm. was where they went wrong and keeping that back five is massive for them, you know. Um, they've got a really solid defence, you know. They, they probably wouldn't look good in a... And a footballing side, yeah. Again, not being disrespectful, but as a unit, you know, they're they're what you want for a yeah. team like Burnley, and yeah. because there's such an attacking threat as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only time I saw, um, I noticed in the highlights is uh, early early doors. Uh, Tarkovsky got left by um, by Puki. He, he he literally nicked the ball off him and, and left Tarkovsky for dead, uh, and then missed, which is strange for him this season. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it, it was all Burnley. I say Chris Wood got two good goals. Uh, Burnley had a few other decent chances to score. I think Ashley Barnes had one, uh, which March got away. Uh, interesting enough, after the game, now I, I know he wasn't necessarily blaming the injuries, but <laughs> Farke or Farke or whatever you say it. Oh, that man's voice—it's creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he 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 made a point about the injuries they've got and stuff like that. And I believe their captain had to go off injured. They've got players playing out of position and stuff like that. But they beat Man City last weekend with basically the same team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I suppose we're kind of fickle as fans as well. But he, I guess he's deflecting from the team, isn't he? He's just yeah that whole Jose Mourinho tactic type thing that's crept into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Yeah, I think it's one of those performances for us. You know, we've got not much to say about it. Norwich have been a, they've been a delight to watch really this season. Maybe yeah, a surprise for yeah, most. Yeah, I've, I've been really surprised by them. Um, I thought Burnley had a, a good start. That was quite surprising. You told me it was only their second one. Yeah, I suppose it's only in five, I guess, but. Yeah, they hadn't hadn't won since the opening day of the season, uh, mm. but they are ninth in the league at the moment. There's like a, a whole bunch of teams on eight on eight points. And stuff like going into today's games as well, like the likes of Arsenal, West Ham, uh, you know, Wall sat on eight points as well. But there's, I think there's about six or seven now that just sat on eight points in mid table. Yeah, well, I like think we'll, uh, not Will, sorry, <laughs> definitely Ham not Wolves. <laughs> West Ham and United were both on the. Yeah, we're both on eight points same, going into the game. Yeah, same wins, same draws, everything this season. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea were on eight. Well, are on eight points. As well, but yeah, yeah, it's it's quite interesting at the moment with the way results are going. But, but yeah, there's, there's not much to say about it. But I think if you're a Norwich fan, if if someone had come to you for two weeks ago and said, right, you got Man City and Burnley next, you're going to get three points from those two games. I think they'd have taken it. Yeah, <laughs> my, my only criticism there is this is what I think Dave talks about it quite regularly with Newcastle. That's where their fans go. You know, they get those big ones, mm-hmm. but then. It, then get frustrated by you know dropping silly points like if you go and beat Man City you want at least a point yeah. against a tricky Burnley because mm-hmm. um, it was at Turfmore wasn't it it uh, was at Turfmore yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's a hard place to go even for the, the bigger sides but you just if you want to stay up or you want to push for a, a European place you know you just want to take that next step mm-hmm. those are the results you need to get the Man City's the Liverpool's the dare I say even any of the top six really they're mm-hmm. kind of free hits for the smaller teams it doesn't really matter what happens in there as such but you need to beat those around you yeah definitely I say but I say Norwich are having a decent season you know they're, they're not in the bottom three but we'll come on they're still you know they're sticking to their principles and I imagine you know when they when they get their players back there's a, a platform for them to build off there 
Uh, talking of platforms, oh, that's a terrible link, to be fair. The f- Saturday night football was, was, I'm sorry, Dave, was, was Newcastle versus Brighton. Now, I suppose last season this wouldn't have been a big draw, and I can't imagine the viewing figures would have been great for it then. Uh, probably, to be fair, they probably weren't great for it this time. Uh, the, the most noticeable thing that I noticed for this game was Andy Carroll was back uh, after getting back to fitness for the first time in about 10 years. He came off the bench to make his uh, Newcastle return. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of empty seats at St. Yeah. James's Park. <laughs> uh, is this a, was that a boycott? The I, I don't know. Type? I really or don't know just... because they've been talking about it for ages. But they talked yeah. about it for the when they played Arsenal at the beginning of the season. And stuff like that, you know. I, I know it's a five thirty game. You know, it gets pretty cold up there. It, it, you know, above the wall and stuff like that. And 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 the game was on telly and stuff like that. And it's against Brighton. Um, but I don't know. It's you know, you can't say Newcastle have been playing that badly. They they've done all right. I think it's just the spite, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's not so much the. the I mean, Newcastle even under Rafa didn't play exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just more the. I think it's just more the situation than yeah. than anything. So, um, but yeah, this was I all all Brighton for the first, especially for the first twenty odd minutes. Uh, oh. Brighton were all over them. Uh, Bruce made a slight formation change, uh, and then Newcastle improved. They were better in the second half. Uh, they just don't have that cutting edge, you know. Almiron, there's a lot of talk about him, and I've, you know, me and David spoke about him. I just don't get what he does apart from run around a lot. Oh, I just don't have a lot. Like my 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 sympathy for Newcastle was always for Rafa, um, but now I, it's it's a wee bit more biased against them. I, I'm now completely dislike mm-hmm. them. But uh, yeah, you're right. They just don't have you know that something. You know, just that bit of mm-hmm. that James Madison type. That, yeah. Um, you know, even like going to Villa, you've got Grealish and McGinn. You know, always something can happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I took notes from from the extended highlights of my series game, and all I got was the Fabian Shaw um, clearance. <laughs> so I think it says a lot about the game. Yeah, you know, they, they, the thing is that you know John Joe Shelby on his day is a decent footballer. You know, he's not top class or whatever, but he's a decent footballer. Um, the only other thing I note as well is uh, Saint Maximinium, however you say it, came off the bench, um, and. We made a bit of fun of him, me and Dave, at the beginning of the season. You know, he come on, he's, he's like an Armando Troyore, comes on, runs a bit, does nothing. He came on in this game and he made a difference. He was beating people. To, you know, he's beating two, three men down the wing. Uh, okay, he's, he's, knocked, he's basically just knocking the ball forward and sprinting onto it because he's quite a quick lad. But he put a couple of decent crosses in, including one which saw the ball went across and Andy Carroll jumped for the ball and took out two defenders. See, you all don't like Andy Carroll, but oh no, I, I, I do. I really like Andy oh, Carroll. Yeah, yeah I, I really like Andy him. Carroll. I think he's a great player. Um, I I thought he got a hard time uh, from Liverpool fans when he was at us, mm-hmm. um, and I think which is now this is a big if if he can get a run of games together um, in the league this year. You know, I think he can. He's just this the fit the style. You know, the fans love him. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be massive yeah. this season, not I, just in height. 
I, I think in that team with, with like the, with your Matt Ritchie who who can put a good ball across, yeah. Yeah. Sh- Shelby's capable of putting decent balls in. Uh, Saint Maximin, okay, it might be a one-off from what we've seen of him this season, uh, but he <laughs> so he put a couple of good balls in at the end of this this um, at the end of this game. I, I think yeah, a fit Andy Carroll in that you know with that sort of service could do quite well. Don't get me wrong, I've taken the piss out of Andy Carroll. I, I did I didn't rate him at all when he was at Newcastle uh, the first time. Uh, so the season when he got his move to to Liverpool and stuff, okay, he was a bit he he was all right then. But I remember seeing him when he was on loan. Uh, I think he was on loan at Preston or something. He was awful. But then like Newcastle fans were making a big deal about him and stuff like that. Um, you know, but yeah, I think he can be all right. I like Joe Linton who they've got there as well. You know, they've got some decent players. But Almiron, I just don't know what he does. I don't get how he's a twenty million pound player. I'm gonna have uh, to focus on him a little bit more. Just to to pick him apart here, you know. But that may be. Ter- I think that goes along with what you're saying, though. I mean, I can't even think who he is, you know. So there's no standout moments. There's no even like an individual piece that makes mm-hmm. you think, "Oh, wait a minute, he might have something." Yeah, you know, he made one. He made a couple of runs in this game. He had one where he ran and then literally brushed the ball with his boot uh, for a shot, and then he had another one that was literally just a, a bog standard save for him. You know, but I hear so many people saying what a good player he is and stuff like that. But is is he one of these players that because he runs around a lot that you know the fans like him and stuff like that? I think yeah, that always, especially in the, the smaller clubs, isn't it? it? Always like appeases fans when you see a player. Just running about, yeah. even getting the foot in, sort of thing. But to the more, I don't want to sound snobbyish, but like an educated fan who yeah. who pays attention and no no tinted glasses type thing. I suppose it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll need to keep an eye out just to see what you mean. Um, I can't even think of him in the Liverpool game, you know, just to to know who he was or what he did. Yeah, I say, but I say, hopefully, so there are some, there's, there's some promising signs for Newcastle there, uh, and there has been the last couple of weeks. But yeah, when when Brighton come to, you know, come to your home ground and and basically bully you, you know, it, it's it's not good. I'm, I bet Dave's glad he's not here. I also really didn't realise as well. Newcastle have the lowest average possession in the league at the moment, which considering I say the, the likes of you know Shelby who can play a pass. You know Hayden. You know he's a decent passer and stuff like that. You know, and they've got these creative players, like, you know, like Almiron and Atsu and stuff like that. It's strange that they're, you know, they they seem to be designed to to break play on the counter. I suppose. Do they do they not remind you of like a, watching a game of FIFA though? They just kind of get the ball, try and get wide, get across and get a shot, in, and then the other team keeps the ball and plays football. I suppose, yeah. yeah That's yeah. what it felt like against us. Um, you know, it's like they were very, they were quite, they were quite efficient for the ball against us for periods of the time. But it was just quick, you know, quick moving, get it wide, get it forward, and they either dispossessed or a cross went in, and and then the other team, you know, kind of, and the way that Newcastle sit with the, you know, the tight backs of four, and so the other teams always have to keep the ball and try and make space. With Newcastle, kind of play on that, kind of counter attack as you say, but like a game of FIFA, it always reminds me of, you know, you. You get the ball at your fullback, you, you, mm-hmm. you push through pass, and hopefully a quick winger gets on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and with Steve Bruce as the manager, you're not expecting a tactical or positional masterclass. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the possession was like under Rafa, but I would assume it was much higher in um, possession-based football as such, because they didn't mm-hmm. keep many chances under Rafa, which I think was the biggest criticism there, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. 
Uh, right, on to Sunday's games then. So due to the Europa League being back, there were four games this Sunday, uh, which makes it good fun when we have to record on a Sunday. So thanks for that. Um, but yeah, four, four games. And I suppose all de- decent fixtures. We'll start with the, the one of the early ones. Uh, West Ham United at the London Stadium, is it still called that? Uh, hosted uh, Man United and absolutely battered them is probably the, the, the nicest way to put it um, goals from Yarmolenko in the first half and then Aaron Cresswell free kick uh, in the second half uh, Cresswell who was only playing because Masawaku was suspended I believe um, but yeah this is the poorest Man United team I know we've said this quite a lot in the last year but wow this Man United team like to be bossed around by a West Ham team that are decent, you know, they uh, going into the game they had the same amount of points as Man United, but there was no fight whatsoever in this Man United team. Yeah, very limp. Very. I mean, I always feel reluctant to bash like a Man United, obviously with the Liverpool side. I said that in our in our group today, but they're pathetic. There's mm-hmm. no, there really is no leader. There's no, there seems to be no structure, mm-hmm. no, um, no idea, no what's the just yeah, no idea how to put not how to play, but like what their style of play is. Yeah. You know the whole Man United, I, no identity. That's the yeah, they, 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 there's no character to them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I mean, and people like bash um, Pogba, but at least he's a character. You know, you you can build around that regardless of what you think. But the, mm-hmm. the talent's there in Pogba, whatever you think of the off-field antics. Yeah, um, and even even the likes of I dare I say like Lingard. Um, whilst he doesn't he doesn't have the talent, um, but at least the character there with the rest of them just mm-hmm. don't seem to care. Um, and for me, the pinnacle of that is that De Gea contract. I mean, I know we're talking about the game, but they've just gave David De Gea off his worst eighteen month, um, a three hundred seventy five thousand a week contract. Yeah, gave him the contract uh, they wouldn't give him when he was basically keeping them in the top four. Yeah. So he's went from the best player in their team, arguably the best player in the league, to just glorious carriers and a, and a Man United shot. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, but that's what he's become. Like, he doesn't, you know, I mean, he was never a leader, as in the way like, uh, Roy Keane slated him pre-match today um, about his leadership skills. But before, he was never that stand-up leader yeah but he led by example mm-hmm. and now he's neither and then that's now infiltrating into the to the back four what um obviously Maguire getting signed for the price he signed um I, I I'm not one who cares about prices um if Maguire come in and did the job he was meant to do then it's worth every penny but they kind of just panicked and took the first option they could get because they couldn't get their cooler ballets, their you know similar moulds, yeah. And it's, and even the Wan Bissaka at fifty million, um, again the the money is no no object if he came in, but he's not really hit the, and it's maybe down to the structure that Man United play again the lack of identity, but he's not he's not the same Crystal Palace Wan Bissaka who was up and down the pitch and he's kind of turned into like Nathaniel Klein, you know, quite static going forward but mm-hmm. he's still quite solid defensively yeah um, but I just it just for me it's the the lack of I feel it's a lack of trying and no care yeah it's kind of saddening for a team of United's ilk and structure and like now that they would find top achieving fourth place 
as a you know a massive achievement. Yeah, I say, I say you you said the word static, and that is exactly what I've got written down on my pad for that first goal from Yarmolenko. I don't go wrong; it was a good goal, but they were completely static, man. You know, it no shape. You know, they've got a, what an eighty million pound centre back, and that there was absolutely nothing to them. They were, you know. De Gea's just signed that new contract and then he's playing in front of that. He's playing behind that, basically. Yeah. You know, wow, you, just, you must be thinking, like, you know, can I just rub the ink off quick before it dries? Well, that first goal, Mark Noble took nine touches, all little ones, mm-hmm. around the edge of the box with no pressure on him. Yeah. Like, it, Mark Noble. Like, yeah. think about this. <laughs> 2019, and Mark Noble was the best midfielder in the park today. Yeah, it, it's, it's madness. Like, I, I remember saying the other week, like, oh, so Pogba's out for a little bit at the moment. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And I thought, you know, it might, it might, it might do Man United a little bit good because they haven't, you know, he hasn't been great this season. But it's like, as you say rightly, he's a character, and that's what they 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 lacked today more than anything. You know, I, I, I mean, thought it was interesting that United's average age this season. Considering they're known as a, as a team that you know plays the younger player and whatever, their young their their average age this season is, is twenty five years of age and like a, few, a couple of da- like days and whatever. Uh, it's their lowest. To the media, though, and Man United, twenty five is a young age. What's Jesse Lingard? He's still he's still like this new teen on the scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is their but this is their lowest ever average age for a Premier League squad. You know, where, really? yeah, I found that I found that really, really strange that, that this is their youngest ever team. Wow! Basically, you know, considering they're known for you know, from the Ferguson days and stuff like that. So, unless the start of seeing is wrong, because it's like, it didn't make much sense to me. But, but I suppose they always had the they had like you know your Beckham's, yeah. your Skulls. Then they had like yeah. your Pallisters, your Bruces, your Schmeichels. So they always had a mix. They don't have that mix anymore. Yeah, who's the oldest player in that team? He's actually young. Do you want him yeah, to be your Matic. senior? You know, yeah, Matic. Yeah. Do you want do those? Not the sort of senior pros you want, really, are they? You know, yeah. yeah they, they, they kind of lack that ruthlessness now, don't they? Like, mm-hmm. like say whatever we want about Ferguson, but he, he he knew how he what to get out of players. You know, even the Van Persie. You know, he he knew when to get him and take his best. Not his best years, because obviously Arsenal got them, but he just knew how to get a good year. Oh yeah, two, yeah he, he, he took Van Persie at the perfect time. Perfect yeah, because he, he was he was injury free on, at that point as well. And if he had stayed on, I believe he would have got rid of him quicker than you know than anyone else did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I do know what's wrong with my United because I witnessed it through Liverpool for years, and and I do believe they're going through exactly what we did. They'll try loads of different ways. They'll go through many managers. They'll go. You know, different identity. Well, once they find an identity, they'll go through a couple, um, and I think it'll be a good few years before we see them back. And I believe they may even go, you know, a bit further down um, before we see them bounce back. Mm-hmm. I said they're eighth in the league at the moment, but I think that's only really because the amount of inconsistent results we've had from other teams at the moment. Really, because yeah, I mean, they've been poor. I mean, I said this last year. Um, I mean, you had Liverpool and Man City in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs, for the most part, kind of were in a league of their own. And then everyone else down to the bottom four were just meh. Like, it wasn't that anybody else. Was, and I even questioned whether Liverpool and City were actually that good mm-hmm. or everybody else was quite poor. Because, I mean, you alluded to earlier on in this season and last season, Liverpool didn't really play great a lot of the time. Yeah. 
but we're comfortable in most games. Mm-hmm. So I think that say, maybe says, oh, I don't know, it's quite hard to say that you know Liverpool maybe weren't as good as we, we think they were considering what they achieved, but mm-hmm. you wonder how much of it is down to other teams being so poor. Yeah. So look at look at so we mentioned it earlier on. Look at that that chase for fourth at the end of last season. Yeah, the change the chart the, the the chase for you know fifth, sixth, seventh. Watford went as I mentioned earlier on went to eleventh because the form of those clubs was so bad. You know, Bournemouth. I think it was at one point it was Bournemouth, Watford, and Wolves were fighting for seventh, I believe it was, and yet none of them seemed to want to win. And then, yeah, you had you know Arsenal, Chelsea fighting for you know, and Spurs fighting for fourth, and then you know. Arsenal were well out of it. Then Arsenal were back in it. Then they were back out of it because nobody wanted to win it. It's really strange. And obviously, your teams like Liverpool, Man City, then were, we, you know, we're just churning out results, doing what they do, and painting their head. Like at the moment, Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool have had a good performance this season. Apart, well, I suppose apart from against us, they were, they were pretty fantastic against us, but they didn't need to be. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're five points clear at the top of the table at the moment. I agree. I mean, I'll, I'll speak more in detail about it, obviously, when we come on to their game. But, yeah, I, I can agree more. Um, we have moments in games, and we do enough. And, I mean, that's playing... Obviously, today we played Chelsea, who are a top six side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say for 70 minutes of the game, we were fairly terrible. Hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it's really strange. And, but, yeah, we, we spoke earlier on in this episode about it. Yeah, I think Man City could really... Uh, Man, Man United, rather... They could they could drop off this season, and me and Dave have spoke about it. How long does Solskjaer last? Because it looks like the players aren't playing for him anymore, well, and I don't think they I, have been since he got the job permanently. Yeah, and I, I I don't even think they were playing for him even before. It was just a case of Mourinho was gone, you know. Yeah. So that cloud or the restrictions. I mean, I'm a massive Mourinho fan, but I feel he just got that bitter you know, miserable way at the end and even his punditry now, you see the difference in him now. Mm-hmm. He just seems much more refreshed. So I think the players have just got that that lease of life. And this is a manager who, you know, who was sat from Cardiff City. Yeah. And now he's managing Man United. I think that says a lot about where, you know, your expectations are. Um, and we said it last year when he took over that this was just such a terrible decision. But it's just... Again, it's you know throwing throwing poop at the wall and seeing what sticks really, and and I think they will go through a few seasons of this at least. Um, they need one of these, you know, a Rashford, a, you know, is it Mason Greenwood? You know, they need, they just need one of these guys to come through. But again, the biggest problem with Man United is just that leader, that you know, that real Ferdinand. That yeah. see what you want about Beckham, but he was a leader. Yeah, you know, he was. And they just have nothing, and I know we we're harping on about, it, but it's it's massive. Um, and going to even going to like an Arsenal and a you know Ramses and Wiltshire were leaders and were vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say what you want about like a David Luiz, um, talent wise, and maybe like he's he's mental aspect of it, but you know he's just that character. He's that. Yeah, he's he's, just, he's got that. He's got yeah, he's got character, which yeah. Yeah, and and you need that, and I mean, for all the. All the stick like a Jordan Henderson gets and a and a James Milner, and in no way am I ever advocating them to be first choice, even starters, even for ourselves. But they're they're crucial to squads, guys like these, and I, I just don't see any in the Man United team, um, none none at all. 
Yeah, no, and that's that's a worry, um, not for me, <laughs> for United yeah. fans, for yeah. seasons to come. Yeah, so uh, Rashford went off injured as well in this game. Uh, I don't know how bad it is. I haven't seen any news about it. Um, but again, it, it led to them pl- pl- having to play Lingard up front. He had to come off yep. the bench to play up front. To, you know, okay, they've got a few injuries at the at, at the thing, and I think that might be the the only thing that's going to keep uh, Solskjaer ticking over because this run isn't great um, so at least he can turn and say well, well I've got a few injuries don't sack me yet but you know they needed a striker they got rid of a couple you know well, they got rid of two didn't they yeah. for, for, for obviously they sold Lukaku who believes 70 million yeah 70 million so no reinvestment and then they gave Sanchez and now look let's be fair Sanchez hasn't been great for them but has he really been given a chance since no. Josie left well, no not really And I don't I mean, I'm not saying he even deserves it for how poor he was under Jose, but you know, if everybody else is given chances, mm-hmm. he was coming. He's coming uh, back from injury, wasn't he? But then he came back yeah. from injury just before the transfer deadline and was shipped out. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange one. It's um, I believe he'll get kept in a job till nearer January because I'm not sure who's wanting going to come in just now. Mm-hmm. We're not been able to add any additions. As you say, the squad is just so thin as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ashley Young's back at left back. Yeah. You can get away with decisions like that, you know, when you're winning. Um, you know, if we lose Robertson type and James Milner goes back there, it doesn't look so bad when you've still got three first choice there, but I mean, they're kind of all over the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a small one, you know, going out to Roma, surely they, they should be looking to just keep their squad as much as they can if they're not going to replace them. Yeah, that's right, because they've um, got they've got a lot of young players around in and around the squad, so it's not like they're even trying, to, you know, struggling to hit their twenty five man quota, you know, and yeah. having to squeeze players out to because they haven't got room in them. Because a lot of these, like you know, your your, your Angel Gomez's and that lot have come on. I imagine they fit into because you have the rules, don't you? If you've got players under twenty one and stuff like that, they don't count towards your twenty five. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that their, their squad is. I, I imagine they they would have had no problem meeting the registration requirements if they'd have kept a few more of these senior players in but I think it is just a case of Solskjaer's like well I want to you know stamp my authority on the team you're not in my plans see you later and do you know what I will say see all these young guys coming through as, as much talent as they may have even including your Rashford's and Lingard's mm-hmm. they're coming around with nobody around them mm-hmm. people seem to forget all these youngsters that Ferguson brought through as you mentioned earlier about the, the average squad age they were coming around good experienced players do you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. had um, you had young guys coming in with like a Van Nistelrooy up front, or a, when Rooney and Ronaldo and Tevez. You know, you could bring in young guys around those because you had that elite mentality. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, I'll use Liverpool as an example, but we brought Trent Alexander-Arnold into that squad. Now we didn't have quite have the elite mentality, but you know we had we, were, we played good football. We had you know big characters and. Mm-hmm. Our manager has maybe got the most elitist ma- mentality of our squad. He's probably the most important one, but it's it's easier for a player like that to fit in than if we had brought in a Trent Alexander-Arnold five years ago, six years ago. Um, you know when we were like floating about, mm-hmm. um, it would have been very hard. Well, we still had, I suppose, Gerard when Sterling come through, but you know, just that in between bit, you, you need characters through, or it doesn't matter how good a young guy is. They're, they're just not going to succeed on their own unless they're really, really special. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, uh, but let's go back to the game because Cresswell's free kick. 
Yeah, it's fantastic free kick. I, lo- I, I love Aaron Cresswell. Um, Me too. Uh, you know, I, I've never been. I, I think I think it was last week where I I said I had never been a fan of Masawaku, but he's had a great he's had a great season so far. Uh, and Cresswell hasn't had a shout, but yeah, he's come back in and absolutely smashed that in. It's fantastic free kick. Yeah. Let's say West Ham. West Ham are really good. I, you know, I saw most of this game. I was I was actually quite impressed with West Ham. You know, they they were, they were playing the football that you think of when you think of West Ham. You know. The West Ham way. The West Ham way. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as it was last season, where you saw like the likes of you know Anderson and that lot, who were literally doing individual moments of brilliance to you know to get on points and stuff like. That. This was a good team performance uh, and stuff like that. You know, Yarmolenko's back from injury, and he, you know he's, he's firing at the moment. I, I think a really good centre half, and um, I, I struggle to see many weaknesses in that team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they could do really like a, a, a maybe like a higher quality centre back, but. Um, I think you know they're not obviously Mark Noble's no no, no midfield general, but mm. you know he does a tidy enough job in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yarmolenko, you've got Lanzini to come back to fitness. Yeah, so he didn't like, play. He didn't play today. Yeah, I like Haller, is it the striker? Yeah, Haller looks 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 really promising. Yeah, nice tidy. Yeah, they just they, they more than deserve to win today. I think that's the as much as we're slating Man United and about the team. Um, I think West Ham have to get all the credit in the world yeah. um, for today. Yeah, but again, going back to what we said, how much do they want it and how much can they put a run of games together? Because the the position's there if they want it. Yeah. And, and and that's it, and, and you know, and hopefully they'll see that. Hopefully they'll you know they'll look around the table now and be like, right, we're in the tops. I think they're sixth or seventh at the moment. You know, yep. three point cushion between you know quite a few you know considerably bigger teams and whatever. You know, you know take it take advantage. You know, they've just beaten Man United, and yes, it's a, it's not the Man United of old, but that's still a scalp still. Yeah, I mean they they alluded to it before the game, like Man United are a beatable team. Yeah, I think they, yeah, Pellegrini need... said it in his interview, didn't he? He said this isn't yeah. Man, the same Man United. They're beatable. Now that's a good thing because that means he's not, you know, he's not got them up on a perch. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to have that. Well, you'd think or hope that it wouldn't have that knowledge come down. You know, oh, we beat Man City. We're, you know, we're unbeatable. They know, oh, it's only Man United. Um, so whoever, I mean, West Ham have got next. Let's see them get a run of games. Yeah, a run of wins. Yeah. So the other early game today was uh, Crystal Palace uh, home to Wolves. Um, not much. I haven't got much to say about this. One. I didn't really see much of it. Uh, uh, Dendonka own goal. I think. Uh, I think Ward had a shot that deflected heavily off him yeah. uh, to give Palace the, the, the lead. Uh, not much else happened. Uh, Roman Sace was sent off for a second yellow uh, for a foul on Zahar, which is you know he's always going to happen when you you know when he's running away. I think he just put his arm around him, didn't he, and brought him down. Yeah, brought him down. Yep. Uh, but apparently Wolves had quite a few decent chances and their pressure paid off. They got, scored a 94th minute equaliser. Um, yeah, Diego Hotter. Yeah, uh, Palace, uh, listen to uh, Palace fans uh, on, online and stuff like that, uh, apparently missed several chances to kill this game off and just couldn't. And as I say, Wolves haven't had the greatest start to the season. Uh, I think they're 19th at the moment. Um you know, that we, we've spoken at length about how you know how thin their squad is. They didn't make major investment in the summer, just tying down permanent deals for players who, who were already there and, and stuff like that. And it may be starting to tell. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add about that game? Yeah, not much to say. I think, as you say, I think the biggest surprise was not adding, especially how we know how difficult the Europa League is. Mm-hmm. Um, your first season when you've got that Thursday Sunday, um, but. I mean, you'd like to think over the course of the season Wolves will be okay if they've got too much quality and they're mm-hmm. worse off teams, but 
you never know with how however far they go into Europa. Um, you know what? They're still fun to watch. You know, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, good, I, they're I, a good team. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of your neck of the woods, isn't it? Like that area type for Wolves. For yeah, Wolves, Wolves fans around. Like I said, there's not many in Birmingham, but obviously I'm from Wolverhampton originally. So yeah. I, you know, I've got a Facebook account full of Wolves fans. Uh, <laughs> they're not very happy. They are, uh, which I find really weird. I think I think me and Dave have spoken about this. Like there there are like people claiming it's time for Nuno to go, which I think yeah. is ridiculous. They've got um, some sort of entitlement now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, season. okay. Good, but that's always been the thing with Wolves. So they, they they I think I spoke about this last season. They always had this. We're bigger than we are, kind of like Newcastle have had in the past. Yeah, you know we're, yeah. we're we're bigger than we are and stuff like this. And yeah, even when they were in the, the well the old Division Two, and then what was what when the, you know, what become the championship and all that you know it was always in you know a, a massive sense of entitlement and then that kind of went away for a few years after the, you know they had the double relegation and stuff like that and yeah that that went away and then and then weirdly after that went away that's when they had they've had their best period in, in in a very long time and then yeah unfortunately they've had a really good season last season and it seems to have crept back in a little bit uh, I'd understand if they'd gone out in in the summer and spent like a hundred million pound and added players to their squad. Yes, they went out and spent a decent amount of money on good players, but I say they were good players who were already there. They haven't bought bought in new signings. It was kind of a sensible approach, isn't it? I mean, we see with teams who bring in loan signings, just let them go back. But mm-hmm. you know, Wolves worked hard to get those signings to stay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they are yeah, good signings, but. It's not bu- it's not building your squad, is it? It's they definitely yeah, they definitely need they, what they should have done, maybe the same as they did last year, you know, bring in a couple of loan signings mm-hmm. again with the option to buy yeah. January next season. Maybe if it is a financial thing, yeah. do it that way. Because I know but, they've they've bought in the, that Valleyho from from Real Madrid yeah. and stuff like that. They're just players they've bought in, but they don't seem to be players that are in the first team at the moment and stuff like that. You know, Nuno does tend to stick with his his core squad yes. and stuff yeah. like that. So you know, hopefully that you know that maybe they'll add some in January and stuff like because they were linked with a lot of players and it did seem like defence was the area um, that they wanted to to beef up a little bit and they didn't seem to get many of their targets. Uh, I know they were they were interested. There's some lad at Benfica who's really highly rated uh, and they're still being linked with him now. But like apparently like the likes of Man United and stuff are looking at him as well. But obviously Wolves have that relationship with with Benfica, so we maybe you know they could bring him in, but. I suppose it depends on how their season goes up until that point. Yeah, January will be massive for Wolves, I think, depending on where they are, won't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Palace, will speak quickly about them. I find it really strange that Christian Benteke is still getting football in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, that's all you really need to say about Crystal Palace, isn't it? It kind of sums yeah. up why they are where they are. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how is he still their striker? Apparently, he missed the city today, but that's what Benteke does. I'd have been more surprised if he scored. Like, he scored one goal in the last few few months, and that was against us when they beat us last season, which is fucking typical. Big, big bruiser striker scores against Arsenal. Yeah, Not well, the short title of the season. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> right, on to the... Well, I was just about to say on to the four o'clock, but I still can't get used to these 4.30 kickoffs. I I always thought it was for TV, so I always thought that they did the 4.30 kickoffs for Sky to help with their Super Sunday coverage. But then both mm. games today kicked off at 4.30, which was really weird. I expected the I, Arsenal game to kick off at 4 because it wasn't on telly. I thought we were 4.15. Was it 4.30? Yeah, for both games. Kicked off at oh. 4.30. It's really, really strange. Uh, so, yeah, first up, uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC took on Liverpool at Frank Lampard's Stamford Bridge. Um, 
Liverpool came away 2-1 winners thanks to goals from Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, an absolute thumper it wasn't technically a free kick I suppose as it was passed to him first uh, and, and Bobby Firmino uh, knocking in a second uh, before Kante Paul Buckle an absolutely stunning second uh, for, goal for, for Chelsea uh, I generally thought Chelsea were going to go on to win this yeah me too they were, they were, um, they were better for large chunks of the game 70 minutes of the game mm-hmm. they were they were the better team I'd say um just, I think, maybe similar to what we said about Man United in a way, just that leader, mm-hmm. you know, just that maybe general to, to dictate. But, you know, there's Mount and Abraham, you know, they look proper, lively talents. Um, Canty coming back is, is huge for them. Um, I'll still never understand why he's the attacking one out there. Him and Jorginho. <laughs> if he scores goals like that, mate. Well, absolutely, yeah, not taking it away, but... I mean, what what was crucial? Um, I, I don't know how much you watched of it. Obviously, with Arsenal game on at the same time, but Canty did drop a bit deeper mm-hmm. when it went two 0 yeah. and started dictating play from there. Um, blocked Salah a couple of times. Just was is covering because um, Jorginho done. I, I remember him playing one pass um, very cleverly through, but it was a, it was one that Van Dijk read and will read, you know, all day long. But I think Chelsea and and Lampard can be extremely unlucky. Yeah, to, um, they had chances. Yeah, without they, a point at least. Yeah, they had chances right at the end. I think Mason Mount missed a late chance. Uh, they had a goal disallowed. Uh, As- Aspiculeta. Oh, one day I'll uh, learn him, to pronounce yep. that. Yeah, he had a goal disallowed. Uh, Kepper pulled off a fantastic save from. The, do you see it when it, I think it came um, off Rudiger? Uh, no, yeah. the one that came off Rudiger. Oh. Hit Aspiculeta. Yeah, him. And then like Kepper had to pull back to claw it off the line. Oh no, I missed that. Absolutely fantastic! Absolutely fantastic yeah. save. The save from Firmino was incredible as well. Yeah, yeah side foot volley at the back post. But Adrian, like speaking of goalies, yeah, he um, made a few good saves. Like, he, I saw and, one he made from um, Abraham one on one. Yeah, well. I think that was poor, poor by Abraham, especially at the time. Um, it was no, no at the time. Yeah, um, but I think he's been a revelation. Not a revelation for us because we've got Allison, obviously, but. As a backup goalkeeper, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, he was always reliable when he was at West Ham, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he suited our style of play. That's why we got rid of Mignolet, plus his crap and can't save the ball. <laughs> um, so it was the perfect addition. I mean, to lose your goalkeeper in the first game of the season um, kind of makes you worry, but it's, it's not. I mean, we've had a few moments, um, but generally it's been okay. Um, mm-hmm. But as we alluded to earlier, we've been... As much as Chelsea were good today, we let them be because we were so poor yeah. again. Yeah, I wasn't impressed um, at all. I think this was your poorest performance of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I, I said it last year, it's Klopp's man management like of selection and substitutions um, could have cost us once again. I mean, we were we were 2-0 up, fairly as poor as we were, fairly comfortable, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but our midfield, we, Fabinho, by the end of every game, is knackered. Because we play three in midfield, yet we only have one midfielder. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he does all three jobs himself. Uh, I mean, it was his fault for the goal because he was just dead. You know, he's he's marking and tackling three, four midfielders at a time, while Henderson and Casper, do you name it, Adam, um, just stroll about doing, I have no idea. Yeah. And then Klopp's first change is to take Sadio Mane off. Yeah, it's it strange, isn't it? But, 
yeah, I mean, the, the most important for us was the, the, the three points. But um, I think Chelsea, I've not got a lot to worry about. I feel Chelsea could get into that top four, you know, if the if the players stay fit. Because again, not got a massive squad quality wise, but he's bringing through the young players. Not that they they have much choice, but the the players are paying back the the faith. Yeah, so Tamori had a great game today. Yep. I, I haven't yeah, I hadn't yeah. been that impressed with him this season. I, you know, I've been quite critical of him. He had an absolutely fantastic game against probably the best front three in the league. Um, he looked really well. Um, the one I'm glad you're on this week though, Ali, because I, I I've got to ask you like similar to how I've asked Dave and and asked yourself about Almiron. What does Jordan Henderson do now? What is his role in that Liverpool team? Now I'm a massive Jordan Henderson fan. Like when he let when he joined you guys, I was kind of gutted that Arsenal didn't sign him because he's he was like he was an attacking midfielder, wasn't he? He was a right winger at one point and stuff like that. Now his jo- his job title now seems to just be shit house. Um, I I don't know because I, I I I have no idea when when he's on it, he's phenomenal. Um, and even still, no, these on it games are very 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 few and far between. Mm-hmm. But when he's on form, he's it's an it's in an attacking role, you know. It's he he's pressing was is good. He can move the ball quick. He does quite. He has a, quite a good whip pass across goal. Long yeah, ball. yeah, yeah. He's a great passer but, of the ball. But ninety percent of the time, yeah, he's he's just a passenger. Yeah. Um. It, it's really strange because I rate him a, so highly. Well, I don't. Right? And, <laughs> okay. and so I also have that bias, and it's just it's it's probably unfair on him because he's better than I give him credit for. Mm-hmm. But I see him in all these games that. He, he shouldn't be put in. Um, I, I believe he's definitely got a role in the squad. And I think, he, again, we said there's players that are really important, even when they're not playing week in, week out, you know. And I believe Henderson's one of those players that should be part of our squad. And he can play in certain games. Um, he certainly shouldn't play in back-to-back games. He he certainly shouldn't play like as the holding midfielder. But now, because he's playing so often, he falls into, as you're saying, what does he do? Yeah. Um, and we'll get one good game in six, seven. Yeah, his his role in this game basically seemed to be arguing with um, Jorginho. <laughs> yeah. That's all I ever saw him doing was yeah. uh, play, playing a five yard pass to someone else or arguing with Jorginho. You know, he's but, got an aggressive, grumpy face. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, he he's very <laughs> aggressive. But but yeah, it, it, it's like it, it, it's only because I know how good he is, how good he can be. It's like. I'd say he's stifled a little bit, but you know it seems to work for you guys. You know, you guys are grinding out results, and see, and that's what matters. See, my bigger issue with the midfield is is one of them, um, because we know how good he is. Mm-hmm. Like we see it regularly for Holland, we see it in some massive games for Liverpool at home, um, but he is he's literally anonymous. Like at least with Henderson, when he's having a bad game, you know he's having a bad game. Yeah, I suppose. you know you know he's. With Wijnaldum, I have no idea if he's even playing. <laughs> Halfway through a game, you just totally forget. Um, and he's just... I feel we play with 10 men. And then when Henderson has a bad game, we're playing with nine. And then we're bringing on Lallana and Melner to replace the likes. And you're like, what's the point? But as you say, it's, it's working. Um, there's obviously more to individual talent than, than obviously we give credit for as well that a unit and the squad unity and just the the group is bigger than the sum of one mm-hmm. part sort yeah, of thing. Um, that I guess how Leicester won the league, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully their luck rubs off on us at some point yeah. in my lifetime. 
I say we're five points at the moment. Perfect record. It's it's looking okay. But I say yeah. I, I know you won't say too much because I, I think last season, like you, you refused to believe that Liverpool were going to you know win the title. I, I I never will believe we won the title until we are five points clear with one game to go. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just it's we're, we're not playing good, and even last season we we didn't play well most of the season, and we only lost one game, drew five, I believe, four, um, and we didn't win the league. Mm-hmm. So whilst like, that happens to you, it's so hard to yeah, have yeah. that. But all I can do now is just, just enjoy it for what it is. So in a way that I don't really... I don't know what to say, I don't care about the league. But it won't cross my mind as such. I'm just enjoying the, the football. I'm enjoying... Like, Roberto Firmino is maybe one of my favourite players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just He's just a joy to watch, the smile. Kind of reminds me of like that Ronaldinho. He just always plays with a smile, you know, just makes it seem fun, not, not obviously the same level of skill or anything, but, you know, you just got that one player that you've got affiliation with, so mm-hmm. he's, he's mine, so, yeah. yeah, I'm just enjoying the, the roller coaster, <laughs> and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, so on to what do people do, uh, good link into the final game for this weekend, uh, Arsenal hosting Aston Villa in, oh, God, an interesting game. Uh, young lad Saka <laughs> started the game after, uh, as a reward for his heroics uh, on his, well, it wasn't his debut, he's played a few games for us. Uh, but yeah, 17 year old lad. I th- actually, I think he's just turned 18, apologies. Um, yeah, played in the Europa League in, in, in midway, well, on Thursday and had a great game. Uh, so he was rewarded with a start in this game. Unfortunately, Ashley Maitland now soon sort of putting that to a fucking end. Um, yeah, so Arsenal come away 3 2 winners, but that is that doesn't tell the story of this game at all. Uh, Villa went ahead thanks to John McGinn uh, capitalising on an Arsenal defence that was sleepier than that guy out of the Seven Dwarves. Um, yeah, <laughs> defensively we were so bad. And like, I love Ashley Mountain Norse, and I'm pretty sure that has been my catchphrase this season. Yeah. But. Oh, he's. Oh, I'm. Do you know what? One, I'm glad he got sent off today because that means he's suspended. And he did it at the perfect time because Bellerin is back next weekend. I believe yeah. that Bellerin will probably play in the Caribou Cup in, in, in the week. But, yeah, sent off for two yellows. And the tackle he made to get sent off was absolutely ridiculous. And to be fair, Ashley Mountain was probably injured as well because he injured himself in that tackle to the point it took the referee like eight minutes to give him the fucking second yellow. I wasn't sure if he was actually injured or he was hoping that the referee would forget. <laughs> nah, it, I was going to say, because he had that card out straight away. I don't know why he just didn't give it to him while he was on the floor. Like, look, just get you're off. Not, you aren't allowed. Um, oh, okay. Unless he's, unless he's been stretched off. But you are allowed, but it's just not the... You, you're, you're waiting for the player to look at your type, stand up, okay. that authority, make it, make it a clearing. So thing. what happens in that instance, right? So you know sometimes you see, see players like go down injured. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that Arsenal wouldn't have been able to sub him off. No, because the, 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 the substitution can't be made until the referee authorises it. Okay, I was going to say, because imagine um, if they'd just thrown another player on and been like, yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's gone, ref, what are you on about? He's done, yeah. No, no, you've got to wait. The, the substitution can't be made until the referee like confirms I went I there would be the fourth official and obviously that standard of game okay. they'd be communicating yeah. over their mics. So, so yeah so, so yeah, yeah it'd be a nice try but yeah I know yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we tried it though so, talking <laughs> st- stupid shit out of me though uh, did you yeah. see the Socrates and Wesley clash in this game 
I didn't know. Okay, so we've just gone down to ten men. Uh, we, we, uh, just just before half time, so we're one nil down, down to ten men. Uh, Socrates and Wesley had a little bit of a clash. Um, and do you know what? I genuinely think if Socrates hadn't have done what he'd well, I'll explain in a minute, if he hadn't have done that, he probably would have had a case for Wesley at least getting booked. So they've had a bit of clash. Uh, Socrates goes down, and he's kind of like between Wesley's legs. Wesley's still standing up. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, puts <laughs> his arm around his leg. Wesley's got his boots on his thigh and whatever, and Socrates headbutts his own hand and goes <laughs> and clutching his face. <laughs> I thought, oh, absolutely ridiculous. Like, if the referee had sent Socrates off in that point for being a prick, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah, trying, I'm guessing, yeah, I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to level the playing field and whatever. But he just looked ridiculous. For such a big lad as well. Just absolute, absolutely comical. Uh, so, I, yeah. I, I appreciate shit how he's like that. Oh, it just drives me mad. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, so yeah, at half time, uh, Emery made changes. He took off Saka uh, and brought on Callum Chambers to fill in at right back and slightly change the formation up front with uh, Pepe and Aubameyang playing up front together. Um, it, it changed us a little bit. Um, Guendouzi, re- I tell you something, I've been so impressed with Guendouzi this season. He he took the game by the scruff of the horns. Now, I was always led to believe that Guendouzi was a central, de- uh, a defensive midfielder and that's why it was, that's why you can't play him, Xhaka, who is practically guaranteed his spot in the team for some weird reason. Uh, and obviously this is why Torreira doesn't get a game because we need to have that more attacking uh, midfielder. But Guendouzi is showing he's the more attacking midfielder. He's the Wilshire. He's the one I will grab the game by the scruff of the neck and I will drive us forward. And he did it today. Like, Fair enough, Villa invited him forward, if, you, if you've seen the penalty. Um, yeah. Villa's defensive is just stand off him, and he just waltzes through them until Engels does what um, David Luiz did last week and just hangs his leg in the air for him to fall over, uh, basically. Uh, Nicolas Pepe was given the penalty by Aubameyang because Aubameyang's our des- designated penalty taker. Uh, Aubameyang gave him the penalty to get his first goal uh, to boost his confidence, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, Pepe stepped up and, and smashed a, a goal uh, penalty in to make it 1-1. Uh, and then 90 seconds later, it was 2-1 after great work from Gra- uh, Jack Grealish. Just literally ghost past our defence uh, and set up Wesley, who put in a great finish. But that's not even the story there. So I just said it was 90 seconds between us scoring a penalty and Villa scoring their second to go 2-1 up. They had another chance in between that. John, John McGinn nearly scored between that. That's how, that's how, poor, that's how poor we were after going after pulling ourselves back into the game. Uh, but after after it, going two one up, it was all Arsenal. They really, it was it was the best I've seen us play. Coincidentally, Granite Xhaka was taken off for Torreira, <laughs> and, and, and I think Willock came on for Sabayo. Uh, I think the Sabayo bubble has definitely burst. He just cannot grab a Premier League game that isn't against Burnley by the neck at all. I. Yeah, I my friend's an Arsenal fan and he was praising them um, this season, which I found strange because I thought the only game he's been good in was, as you say, the first game of the season against Arsenal. He was not that obviously we played well in that game, but I thought he was horrendous. And yeah, he wasn't great against you like all. He... Today in the highlights, I've not seen him do anything. I've yeah. watched the highlights. Yeah, he didn't have a good know, game. A few times now, but yeah, he's good technically. He's a good player. He came on. Uh, he can. He came on against Spurs and did okay. A few decent touches. Um, but you know, Willock came on and, and ran. And to be fair, Willock's not had a couple of. You know, he's had a couple of bad games. Came on and he was perfect for this game. He came on uh, and drove us. Torreira came on and was superb again. 
you know, and it was interesting to see Xhaka go off because Wenger would never substitute Xhaka. Emery has done a couple of times, but I don't think he has this season. But, you know, Xhaka had a great game. I praise Xhaka on Thursday. He had a great game in, in the Europa League. He was poor today. He just, not poor in his clumsy making mistakes uh, and giving away possession of fouls and stuff like that. He got himself into a few decent positions going forward, but then got himself ahead of the ball and stuff like that. Sometimes a stumble, you know, he took the momentum out of a few attacks. Uh, but, you know, Torreira came on and was fantastic. And yeah, Arsenal managed to, to get themselves back into the game uh, through Callum Chambers, of all people, with a really good finish, to be fair. What was the defending about? <laughs> oh yeah, Villa's defending wasn't great at all. They, you know, they, they'd had a really good game. You know, I think up until the point we, the, of the penalty, um, the commentators in the game, I, I, I don't know who it was because I was watching on a, like a stream, um, but um, were praising Engels. And then literally within 30 seconds, he gave away the stupid penalty. <laughs> and then just literally had a nightmare from there, then on in uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, great great finish by uh, by Callum Chambers to make it 2-2. And I think from that point, I knew we were going to win it because we, we were absolutely all over them. It was the opposite of what happened to us last week against Watford. Um Again, Gwen Doozy just driving us forward like he had a few yeah, shots and shots from distance. Really nice like pass from Gwen Doozy to Chambers as well yeah. for the initial, you know, the initial cross type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we won a won a free kick on the edge of the area a couple of minutes later after going to, getting it back to two two. Uh, Abamyang, who only scores tappings according to some people on the internet, um, stood up and smashed it into smashed it, you know, past Tom Eaton to make it three two, and. I thought Villa, after we'd scored, we'd looked a bit vulnerable. But yeah, Villa, I think it, Villa lost all momentum then. And it's weird because that, if it had been one, if we'd have been 1 0 down and not had Maitland Niles sent off, I wouldn't have been that worried about the game because Villa have shown this season they can be good for 80 odd minutes and then they tire, like a lot of newly promoted teams do when they, when yeah, they first come on. up. Put their all in it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, because they, they say they are, you know, a decently, you know, hard working attacking team. But with actually Matt Niles being sent off, I wasn't too sure about it because I thought, okay, ten men, we're going to find it difficult if they just, you know, you know, they're not going to soak up as much. Um, but yeah, we got back once. Two, but yeah, as soon as we made it two-two, there was only one result on the cards. To be fair, Emery's substitutions were fantastic. He went in nine minutes. He went from every Arsenal fan in that ground wanting to be fired to okay, he, he does know what he's doing. Um, I still think a lot of Arsenal fans won't be happy with him. And stuff like that. I imagine that there's a certain YouTube channel out there right now recording videos and publishing videos, ranting about how nothing's changed since Wenger was in charge and stuff like that. But, you know, we showed real character. Um, and after discussing other clubs t- today about how they lack character, we-, we-, we showed real character in this game. And it-, it was impressive. And we've got big players coming back into the squad in the next week or so. You know, Kieran Tierney played on Friday night. Bellerin played on Friday night. You know, Rob Holding is, is is due to play in midweek, I believe. Um, you know, Callum Chambers is is you know he's played when he's played, he's been really good this season. He's played at right back and he's played at centre back. You know, so it's just the question there will be: Does Emery have have it in him to make the big decisions? You know, will he? You know, I think if he drops Xhaka for Torreira and probably drops Socrates for Chambers or Holding, you know, I think you know we could see something very different. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on. It's, it's down to Emery now. He's got the tools now available. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how how he uses them. I mean, I, I don't know how much you've seen a Kieran Tierney, um, but 
he's he's going to be massive. Yeah, I I I really rate him. I think he's better yeah. than Andy Robertson. Uh, I until Robertson signed for us, and I, I feel he he took that step to the level. You know whether it's because who he's playing with, and that's what's made the difference. But he's definitely stepped up a level. But mm-hmm. prior to that, I I would have rather have spent thirty million on Tierney at the time mm-hmm. than the seven million on Robertson. Um, I do feel he's better defensively and offensively. Um, as a footballer, um, I don't know if he's got the, you know, Robertson's got that traditional Scottish heart, you know, that just mm-hmm. one bust and runs. But I think technically and, you know, every other way, I think Robert Tierney is, he's definitely got a higher ceiling. Um, so I'm I'm so excited to see him play play for you guys. Um, Bellerin, if he can find the form that he did pre-injury, mm-hmm. um, not the, the season before. <laughs> Bellerin, you know, you just you're slowly getting together, and and the, the thing is with it with the um, personnel available, Emery's got the players to change, you know, to tinker systems. You could go to a three at the back now and protect David Louise. Yeah, with a key and Tierney going to a three, Bellerin's good enough to play as a wing back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many options there. As you see, Terera, for me, Terera needs to play. I've never seen Zaka have a good game. Um, I don't watch his week in, week out, obviously, mm-hmm. but I've just never seen him have yeah, like yeah. a really good game as such. You know, I've seen him play just that ex- job expected, but he's at least for like a, a Henderson and Milner, you see them have those odd, you know, outstanding games. But again, I watch them every week. Um, I think your biggest problem is going to be is getting Lacazette back um, and then trying to figure out how to get those front three it just Pepe, um, Aubameyang and Lacazette, happy, fluent in whatever system, who's dropped, who's subbing, etc. And then getting Ozil and um, Cabellas, however you say his name, you know, into a system somehow because they're they're your creative players. Um, if you can get Torreira and Glendouzi um, hitting form, as you say, I think the, the title of this pod's character today, Arsenal have got a lot of character. Mm-hmm. It's something they've lacked in for years, including the manager in a way. Where Emery seems to have a bit about him, you know, a bit more vocal, and he just needs to start getting those key decisions right. Yeah, yeah. and that'll make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I, I, fans are probably going to still be calling for his head, but you know, I imagine if we depend on what happens in the the, the cup, in you know, the, it's weird that I'm sitting here thinking that the cup game against Nottingham Forest is really important in midweek <laughs> you know not not from a, a season point of view from from like a going for in the Caribou Cup or something but the players he's going to play bringing people back in you know he can experiment I suppose a little bit you know I never realised that Tierney could play in a back three I just thought he's, a, oh, he's a, yeah. I, I always saw him as, as like a, a Monreal type bombing forward left back kind of like Robertson does for you lot but then someone yeah. said oh no he's more like Monreal than you think because Monreal played in the back three as well yeah, he's a he's he's a very good left back. He's a good right back, and he's a good to great left centre back. Okay, can he play um, all three of those positions at once? Because that would be really helpful. I, I, I feel he'll need to for <laughs> Arsenal. Um, but I mean, he depending on what system Scotland play, um, the national team. I mean, he's not going to just purely because of Robertson's stature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Robertson's um, been he's not going to get it. Yeah, and now he's obviously international captain. So he, he tends to play right back for country. Celtic changed their back three at times, and he went to the the third centre back. If if he comes with the, 
you know, the passion that he does for Celtic, the, the way Robertson embraced the, the Liverpool culture type. That Just that Scottish mentality, like not being that biased, but, you know, we've kind of got that passion, mm-hmm. sometimes blinded passion. Um, but if he can come with that in an Arsenal shirt, you, you, you're just getting one hell of a player and one hell of a leader at the back. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's going to be very vocal and I can't see him being shy of telling even like your your experienced players and Mustafi and and Louise and even Leno, you know when they mess up, you're, you're now going to know about it. Yeah, you will you will hear it, and I think that's what Arsenal need. You know, it should be said about characters, but Tierney is just one of those just typical Scottish brass, you know, young Glaswegian boy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to know, um, and he'll, he'll be the first person to call himself out as well when when he makes a mistake. I just I just can't highlight enough that if he makes the the jump the way we hope, um, and obviously the way you definitely hope, you, you're you're doubling your money comfortably in a, in a season or two. Yeah, I, I am really looking forward to seeing him. You know, I was, I, you know, I was, I was quite excited about Bellerin coming back as well, so to have them both back at the same time, I say, and holding as well. So Bellerin and Holding having their best seasons for us. Last season, until they both got injured, and then, you know yeah. what's going to be good for Arsenal is the fact that Bellerin was injured at the same time as Tierney. Yeah, so it'll be, the, both of them coming back in is going to literally change everything. I think, but and they're bonding together. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're going to be quite good pals. Isn't it? They, they, they seem quite funny in a couple of videos and you yeah. know, getting on. And uh, obviously, we like as a, as a Liverpool fan, we can't talk about like team spirit high enough. Um, and I just feel that they, those two. Because Bellerin seemed quite a, quite a fun guy, quite a you know doubt air type type fella. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got them, you know they're spending every minute, every day training together, physioing together. Yeah, um, and, hold, and holding as well. That's you know that's that's well, three, of three of our best of back four. four yeah. yeah. Um, and if you put in David Louise, who just seems that fun guy anyway, because mm-hmm. um, he has talent, David Louise. You know, and you've got somebody like a Tierney or a Bellerin or even a Holden. Because imagine Holden being that young English type as well, will be quite vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll be. you'd hope that they'll not be too scared to say to David Louise, look, rein it in. You know, that's, we need you here, there and everywhere. And, and that's where you'll get the best out of them. Babysitting yeah. them. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I hope to be sitting here. I know we won't be talking about Arsenal next weekend because we don't play till Monday night. Oh. <sighs> We got yeah, we got Man United next next weekend. At least you know you've oh wait a minute, it's you guys. Yeah, you I, I was going to say I, I I am avoiding saying yeah, yeah. Matt will batter Man United. <laughs> you've because, got yeah, history against yeah, Man United. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's it's a slot yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Right, so that is it. That is all the games covered. Uh, anything else you want to cover while we're here, sir? No, I think that's I think that's more than enough. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear you you agreeing on the the VR referee's point of view. Um, I'm obviously redoing my referee exam, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting on everybody's back just now, calling them all out for their um, mistakes and their laws. So um, yeah. it was nice to hear you agreeing how the, the the offside law really doesn't change, regardless. Yeah, it, it, it's really strange. So it's like a lot of people have gone on about this daylight rule and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't ever. I, I was going to ask, like, is there actually anything written about the daylight thing? Because oh, I was going to say, because what daylight? Hang on, what? But yeah, the, the, the law clearly states if you can score a part of goal with any part of your body, and that part of your body is offside, then you are offside. Yeah. Whilst yes, it may be a harsh law in general. If your shoulder is offside, but you're technically still gaining an advantage because your momentum is going that way. So again, it's not really that harsh as such. It's just plain and simple. You're 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 offside. There is a line. You can't go wrong. 
it's the only thing VAR is getting one hundred percent accurate. You know, we can debate all the other stuff all you want, whether mm-hmm. it should be overturned and not overturned, but I think the biggest thing that VR had to come in for, if you include goal line technology, was the goal lines and offsides. Yeah. Well, they're black and white decisions, aren't they? Yeah. At the end of the day, there's, 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 there should be no no grey area for those, but it sounds like a lot of people want there to be grey areas now, and it's just like, well, why? Because then you'll just argue about the grey areas? Uh, yeah, as I said earlier, that's when you'll start analysing referees' decisions that a linesman called offside, and it shouldn't have been in you know, they'll show 150 replays on Sky mm-hmm. and then criticise the official. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, so, that, that's what they do. Yep. Right, so uh, please uh, pimp your social media things, please, sir. I am, I am Ali Thompson 84 on Twitter. I believe I'm. I'm never really on. Just, just follow all the man in the post stuff. I am, I'm listening to the to the shows. I mean, if you're listening to this one, you obviously listen to the Sunday show anyway, but the Friday show, the European show, all excellent content. Just make sure you follow all these guys. I'm more interested than I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but yes, <laughs> uh, you can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Facebook, everything. We're, we are all over the shop. Well, I haven't seen many Instagram posts recently, Chris. What have you been up to? Um, I won't dig Chris. Are you the Grandi concert? <laughs> Oh really? I've missed that. Oh, oh when yeah, was when was this? A couple of weeks ago. Did you not hear the Friday show? No, we I haven't listened to the Friday. I haven't. I haven't listened to the Friday show yet. Yeah, we best not talk about it. Ross gets a bit upset. So, okay. Okay. Um, right. We'll talk I'm, about it off here. Right. I'm definitely get. I'm def- <laughs> that's the next podcast in my queue as well. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, right. So yeah, that is it. Uh, thank you for joining me, Ali. Uh, a pleasure to speak to you again. I hope we'll get you back on quite regularly. Absolutely. Anytime you want, I'm available. Well, I so say we're, we're here every Sunday. Unless me and Dad can't be bothered and then record on a Monday instead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that is it. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Nailed it.